Hi, welcome to Piloting. I'm Renee. And I'm Melissa. And we're your hosts. Piloting is a podcast for people who refuse to live on autopilot, where we celebrate risk takers, go-getters, and anyone craving a change. Hi, Melissa. How are you? I am really good. I actually sent off my um, first goddaughter and did a, well, they call it a promotion ceremony. I called it a graduation, but from fifth grade. And it was like the cutest thing I've ever seen. They did like, they had songs. They had it all go up to stage, get a certificate. Super cute. Oh, I love that. Uh, how old is your goddaughter? She's 11. Um, and so she'll be, yeah, she'll turn 12 in December. And then she'll start, yeah, sixth grade in August or September. Oh, Wild my gosh. Times. She's a big lady. Wow. Wow. <laughs> How was your weekend? Um, my weekend was great. My week was a little funky. It was a good week, um, I, but <laughs> I'm in New York, so we did have that little – Just a I don't little. I want to call it little. Um, the wildfire <laughs> scare where the streets were orange for about a day. Everyone was checking, like refreshing our air quality index apps, um, which is just funny because I've never had to do that in the US before. I did it pretty frequently when I was in Asia, but it was my first time in New York. And again, I'm on the East Coast. Some of my West Coast friends were like, we're used to this going mm. wildfire season. But for a lot of us in New York, it was a first time. And, and the, just the color of the sky and the being able to see the, the smoke, you know, felt a little apocalyptic, but yeah, we were good, masked up. Um, I think everyone's fine and it, it looks like it's moved on pretty quickly. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. That was a s super scary. And then I saw your Instagram story where you had your mask on and I didn't make that connection at first. And I was like, oh, that's right. Ugh. Yeah, because we, ha I, my job had a work offsite this week and we had some outdoor things planned already, which some people opted out of, obviously, like do what you're comfortable with. But uh, for those of us who did some of the outdoor things, we were, it felt a little bit like a throwback to a couple years ago wearing masks again. Mm. I, I wasn't used to doing that for, for a while. <laughs> I think I'm just going to, I actually still keep masks in my car. Mm. I, I don't know, just for the off chance I might need it or I might feel uncomfortable or whatever, whatever it is, or just not feeling well. And honestly, like, at least my experience, Asian cultures have been doing it forever. I have like memories of being 10 years old or seven years old flying from here to the Philippines and you have to go through, usually we flew through Nagoya like in, the mm. Japan, in Japan. And I just remember the flight going to the Philippines from Nagoya, like people had masks on. Yeah. And I like, I remember like kind of asking my dad, like, dad, why, why are they wearing masks? And he had to talk to me about, oh, they probably just don't feel well and don't want to spread their germs. Yeah. It's pretty common over there. I actually still travel with masks. Um, I don't always wear it on the plane, but mm -hmm. sometimes on the plane, like you said, like there are a lot of people sneezing and coughing and I just, even if it's just a common cold, I don't need that. <laughs> so sometimes I will, <laughs> I will put it on and off sometimes, especially if I, Feel like there are a lot of phlegmy people around me. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I was prepared for this. I, yeah. I was like, okay, well, I, I traveled some masks. So I'm, I got some stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm hoping the rest of the world and especially, you know, Canada right now, things get better. Um, Climate change, baby. We're, no. we're starting to feel it. Um, 
But speaking of things burning, <laughs> that was actually a weirdly on on point transition <laughs> into into today's topic. Yeah. Metaphoric uh, burning. Metaphoric burning, yes. We don't want any more literal burning. It's bad no. for the environment and the animals and us. But burning bridges, I feel like that's that's a hot topic. Um, mm-hmm. What is burning bridges? They always say you shouldn't burn bridges. But I don't know. I have a lot of feelings about burning yeah. bridges. Let's um, rip this one open. <laughs> let's rip it open. Uh, do you want to take the first pull? Or- yeah, <laughs> I guess. Okay. So what, I think generally burning bridges, when we think of that, it's like, this sort of moment in time where you just like cut off that relationship and there's little to no chance of recuperating that relationship, Mm -hmm. whether it's work or personal or romantic or whatever. Um, I think (laughs) fundamentally, yes, I think I don't believe in quote, never burn bridges. Mm -hmm. I you know, Justin Bieber, never say never. Uh, but I just, in my personal experiences, I feel as though there have been burnt bridges. Not that I went into those situations with the intention of burning a bridge, but y'all, sometimes shit happens and shit people treat you like shit. And it's, and sometimes you just have to stand up for yourself. Like, I don't, you know, do it in a way that's not like, don't like be flicking your employer off, like on your way out the door. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I don't recommend that or putting anybody, especially yourself in danger. But if standing up for yourself is quote, code for burning a bridge, well, then I say burn that bridge. If it's you standing up for yourself and um, you feel like you've been put in a, put backed in a corner or put in a situation, um, but I mean, you know, typically I'm, I'm not saying like match their energy or, you know, screw them and all that stuff. But I don't know. I've been in situations where I've just been honest and they've taken it a certain way. And sometimes they're actually the ones who burned the bridge before I even brought a match. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think also the thing with, I love that image also, like they burnt the bridge before you brought a match. Uh, But I think some of this language around burning a bridge also comes from this idea that people don't like when things end. You know, you don't like when a relationship ends. You don't like Mm. when a job or your season at a job has come to a close. And I think sometimes people just react to those endings differently. So a great book Mm. that I read, it was recommended to me by a friend when she was ending a long, I think like seven year relationship. It's a book about business, but it it applies to other areas of your life too. It's called Necessary Endings by Henry Cloud. And yeah, it's basically they just, it's a great book. It talks about how life is seasonal and cyclical and endings are just a part of that cycle. And a quote from that book that I just wanted to share for this conversation Endings are not only a part of life, they are a requirement for living and thriving professionally and personally. Being alive Mm -hmm. requires that we sometimes kill off things in which we were once invested, uproot what we previously nurtured, and tear down what we built for an earlier time. 
I think there's just this feeling that if if you make the choice to say, I'm done here, it just creates a negativity that becomes, ooh, you burnt a bridge, you left this job, you called it on this, you know, relationship, romantic or, you know, friendship even. But it doesn't always have to be negative. I think I think sometimes burnt being mm. having a bridge being burnt is just how someone perceives the natural ending of how some things need to come to a close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, oh, I, A, I need to read that book. <laughs> and B, that's a great point in terms of like, I, you know, I don't typically come to a situation where I'm like, yeah, I want to burn this place down. Metaphorically. <laughs> I, I, I don't, you know, I'm angry. I'm upset. I'm with feelings. I've brought things up before and I just don't feel heard. But it is partially part of the reaction. Like if they, if you bring some stuff up and they have like a negative reaction to it, as you were saying, sometimes they're the ones who burn that bridge, even though your intention was to not come to that discussion ready for a fight. Mm-hmm. You just, you came to that discussion to have a conversation. Um, what's that Taylor Swift quote? I brought a knife to a gunfight. Like, yeah. you know, like the the energy wasn't matching and you didn't realize what you were getting into. And then all of a sudden your honesty became their – your honesty lit the match for them. Yeah. Well, I think I think I might have mentioned this before. It's something that I think about a lot. I think many times companies say, and I'm just talking about this in the work context, but I think it works also in interpersonal relationships too. People say that they value diversity. And usually what they mean by that is, you know, people of color, women, like just kind of having that kaleidoscope look. But what you should also be paying attention to is diversity of thought. And I think sometimes companies they don't actually want you to diverge too much in your thinking. You know, I think sometimes certain dynamics, people are like, I love that you're black. I love that you're gay. I love, you know, I love these things that on the surface are different, but I don't really want you introducing too many new ideas or anything that's going to really rock the boat. Like I want you to look different, but think like me. And I think that sometimes to your point, because I've been in similar situations where I've raised ideas where I felt like I needed to stand up for myself or sometimes stand up for others as well and just advocate. And all of this diversity that we were celebrating, they really just meant like, you know, I like having your photo in the college brochure, but we really want you to be a part of this, <laughs> being a part of <laughs> this like 1984 group think. And <laughs> I just, I don't think that's really productive. I think you grow by having healthy conflict or difference that through through that gentle friction, obviously you don't want someone who's mm. constantly like rubbing against things 24 seven, but I don't think you grow by all of us just agreeing all the time and saying, yeah, 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 that's great. Like we're all nodding along, like we're in a cult. Like, <laughs> I think it's healthy sometimes to have differing, ideas. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I think that divergence of thought is where the burnt bridge idea comes up. It's like, oh, she burnt a bridge because she said that or he he's trying to move things in a different way Mm. that he's he's burning a bridge, you know, by bringing this up. It's probably (laughs) I'm like, 
so many thoughts running through my head. The whole like cult, <laughs> the whole cult context. <laughs> I'm giggling because that might have to be a whole nother podcast in terms of work culture, agency culture, things like that. My personal experience um, being a cult. <laughs> anyway, that's a whole other discussion, but I can't think about burning bridges without thinking about the thought of betrayal. Mm. And so I have been in situations before where I have left a job. And I think I even said this in my, when I was like quitting, I actually opted out of not having an exit interview, but I did. That's a whole other thing. And we can share, I can share that here. But I, I did mention like, I want to leave on a good note but I also want to leave on an honest note. And that's just true to my character and just true to who I am. Like I admit, you know, I prefer honesty over anything. I expect that of my manager and I just expect that of people in my life where, I mean, I don't want you to come at me with like too. I I mean, there's like a level of bluntness that I appreciate, Mm -hmm. but I kind of see it as like sometimes like all guts out on the table. Like I do better with that. And if it's obviously communicated to me in a productive way and not in like an aggressive way, like, and, and I feel like I, that I come off as that as well. Like I sometimes come off, um, honest and they've taken my honesty to be like a line of betrayal. It's like, how dare you be honest with me? How dare you think against like how dare you go against the grain nobody else has ever said this to me or you know and i'm Mm -hmm. basically getting gaslit for being like no 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 no. i just happen to be the only person bringing this up in our meeting because no one they don't feel comfortable enough to be uncomfortable in this environment and so i sort of like you know Katniss ever deemed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Volunteer myself as tribute. And then all of a sudden I get the Slack messages afterwards like, oh my God, thank you so much for bringing uh, that up. There's been top of mind. I'm so glad you said something. They really needed to hear that. Um, And, you know, I'm not trying to think of myself as like a martyr, but it's just, yeah, I say stuff. It's taken as betrayal and now I feel like that bridge is burned again, not because I brought the match, but they've perceived my honesty as betrayal. And they're like, no, we don't want her anymore. She's too, she's too much. <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, I think we are living parallel lives because when you talk about advocating or speaking up for something, not getting any verbal support, but then getting all of these private Slack messages and support. I've had that. It's like, it's, I've just had that so much. And I was like, I really wish we would have had strength in numbers, but I have kind of fallen on the sword for this cause. (laughs) And to your point, I think sometimes honesty and we, I really wish it wasn't the case, but I think it's true. I mean, when I think about Again, just using work as an example, I have ha- I've left all of my previous jobs on really good terms. Um, I've kept in touch with former companies, either directly with that company or opportunities for people that I worked with in different spaces. And the one instance where that relationship just hasn't been as 
comfortable or as, you know, productive after me leaving was the one company where I shared honestly the reasons for my departure. And I I shared it in writing, um, which again, separate conversation, I don't think I will do again moving forward. Um, but I did, it, I did it in writing so that I could have like my dad and other third parties review it first because I didn't want to come off catty or immature or petty. I really wanted mm. it to just be productive because like I loved people who worked there. I had great experiences there. And I just wanted to be honest about, you know, these things I think will take this to the next level, help you all improve. And I, I did it in a professional way. And I just, yeah, I think there's some places people just don't want you to be honest. Yeah. And and, I, and it gets annoying because I've also been on the other end where someone has left an organization that I've stayed at. I know that their reasons for leaving were not communicated honestly. They gave some kind of like fake, like, here's a polite reason I can share that quote unquote doesn't burn a bridge. And it's not productive for those of us who are still there. You know, mm-hmm. it then creates this spiral of we're putting our energy towards things that aren't really the problem. And I'm just like, but I understand why they do that because people don't really value that honesty. And I think when we think, when we talk about piloting and wanting to do your own thing, I think a lot of times what motivates people to want to start piloting is because they can't be honest and authentic in existing structures. And so mm. they feel like, well, I guess I have to start my own. There's yeah. some people who are just entrepreneurial by nature, but there are a lot of entrepreneurs and people doing their own thing who I think would have been content just staying where they were, but they weren't allowed to be honest. So they said, I have to create a space where I can be honest and it has to be outside. And it, you know, I think that where it stems from, cause I've, I've also, I'm not the same person I was when I first started my career. Right. And I might've been a little bit more, I probably let things go a little bit more than I would have now. And even now, like there, it, it's taking me some time to have my backbone be shown at a new place. Because yeah, like sometimes when you first enter into a new workplace, you're not trying to like rock the boat when you're like day one. And, you know what I mean? Like you don't want to rock the boat day one. Um, And so I've noticed too, maybe it's just like a, like not wanting to people please as much anymore. And I don't know, maybe that is part of not being honest when it comes to feedback or things like that. And yeah, it it could negatively affect how others experience the company moving forward. Um, I mean, I, I, I definitely feel there are wrong ways to leave (laughs) and a little bit more uh, aggressive ways of burning bridges to a company. Now I personally would never – well, I don't know. I can't say this. I don't know if I would ever do this, but I have not – I feel like I have not been in a – I have not been put in a situation where I felt like I needed to speak up publicly about a place that I worked at. Agreed. I would say similar for me. Yeah. Like I haven't written a bad glass door review, not judging those who have because your voice needs to be heard and and that's – where you share experiences and you need to guide people, you know, in the right direction. So yeah, I'm not 
you, do you do what you need to do, right? I say maybe take a beat, a couple weeks, maybe even a couple months after you leave the company to write your review. It might sort of come forth and have the truth come out versus just full on emotions. Um, but I don't know. I'm not, I'm not the expert there. I haven't personally done that. I also haven't publicly shared negative things with a certain employer on LinkedIn. Um, I haven't yeah. felt, yeah, I haven't like felt that need to do that or I haven't been put, I haven't been backed in a corner enough to feel like I, my voice wasn't heard enough by that company and I needed to speak my truth elsewhere. I feel like I've spoken my truth within the company and I've given them ample opportunity to bring up those issues, remedy those issues, have conversations with me. Let's like figure things out. Like I'm here for the long run. I really want to be here, but here are my concerns, my thoughts, my feedback. And then that's to the point where like, I, y'all obviously are not listening to me. So I'm going to take my skill set, my values and my valuable work elsewhere. And then now they see that as a betrayal and they're like, you know what? Forget about Melissa. (laughs) But I I think you're right though. Like I think you have to be careful. Like I'm, I'm trying to talk to my like early career Renee and I'm glad that I never did this. I'm so much you. I'm not writing negative reviews, although there's nothing wrong with doing that. And if it comes up in conversation with people, I think you have to be mindful that everyone is different. There are places that I felt I could no longer be there in a healthy, productive way. But that same company has had, you know, employees who've committed decades of their life there and have found it rewarding and enriching. There are boyfriends who I felt like, oof, I cannot date you anymore. And for some other woman, he is the dream, you know? So like, you do have to remember sometimes, same thing with friendships, like, People, friends who just we weren't clicking anymore have been really showing up for other people. So you have to remember too that your experience is very valid and you should feel confident in like having your experience of a situation, but that it's mm-hmm. not always your truth is not always the truth. And I say that with kindness. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your truth can be the truth, especially if there's certain toxic elements, you know, like facts are facts sometimes. Mm-hmm. But there are also times when, I don't know, like, there again, I, I can think of places, people, opportunities that were not for me, but for someone else, it was perfect. Mm-hmm. And you, you, I think you have to be careful how much you broadcast certain things unless you have very hard receipts that say here are the numbers that prove that there were huge discrepancies here are here's other evidence of toxicity or you know ways in which i was wronged or betrayed i i think it it gets if you don't have that it does become a bit of a he said she said and yeah, I think it's more. Impo- I think it's important to always acknowledge your truth and honor your truth, but just be think carefully before projecting your truth as the truth. Because I think about like yeah. some places where I'm. I'm kind of glad I didn't, you know, get too hot or do anything public <laughs> afterwards. Because once mm-hmm. some time had passed, I was like, yeah, 
those things are still true, but there are also some good things that I forgot. And I'm glad I didn't blow that up um, just because I was in my feelings and things were really hot Mm -hmm. (laughs) at the time. You know, there's they say two two sides to every story. There's actually three, right? There's your truth, their truth, and the truth. Yes. Sometimes maybe those overlap, maybe like a Venn diagram triangle situation. I I do wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, And yeah, I think I'm I'm also glad that I didn't do or say anything that was too demeaning towards – the companies that I feel like may have wronged me or whatever. Cause now when I look back on it, like, yeah, I, I definitely have more of like an empathetic lens to that. And it's fallacy of tradition, really like the, mm. the loyal loyalty to a default. And it's, you know, like there, yeah, there, I think there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes and um, trying to be mindful of other people's experiences, but I would never wish them – I don't like – if I – well, let me say this carefully. Let me get my thoughts in get order. Get thoughts together. <laughs> there are definitely people in my career that I would absolutely dodge if I saw them at the grocery store. Not trying to wish – I mean, not trying to have a conversation with them, not trying to give them any sort of peak into my protected life and my protected heart. You know what I mean? Same. Yeah. Now, am I going to throw them into the lion's den if given the chance? No. Yeah. I don't hate you. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to, like, come into the energy with, like, F you, F you, da-da-da, da-da-da. However, I'm also not going to open you up into my space. So I don't know if we define that as burning a bridge or we just define that as drawing a line. Of like, you know, like I don't – maybe that's what it is. Like I don't necessarily want to burn a bridge with you, but I also need to draw a line. And let's just say you're there. Good luck. Stay away from me (laughs) and I'm here and let's just like coexist. And like I'm okay with not saying hi to you at the grocery store. There's only like a few people I can maybe count on my hand – like three people maybe, maybe maybe four, where I just – I because of my boundaries <laughs> – thank you, Nedra. It all I comes just, back to boundaries. It all comes back to boundaries. <laughs> I just can't allow myself that. I'm just yeah. – and maybe it's just part of my healing with that. Maybe I'm not over it. And I just feel too wronged and feel too uncomfortable to let certain people – have that part of me because they gave me their worst, right? They, people say it all the time. If you're giving me your worst, why should I give you my best? And it's not me not saying hi to them is not taking the high road. To me personally, like I just can't do it. I cannot force myself to be like, hi, with a smile on my face. Hope you're doing well. I, it's just for me, those interactions are to make them feel comfortable and sometimes you got to like, but what would be best for me? Yeah. And that's not saying hi. <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned people pleasing earlier. Um, I actually read 
an article, it was a Medium post, uh, which I'll link in the show notes on the business case for burning bridges. And in it, they talk about how people pleasing at the expense of your own needs does lead to burnout. And as no one is surprised, who is most likely to people please at home and at work? Women, (laughs) because we are going to be, we're more likely to be considered bossy, abrasive, bitchy, or aggressive. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a quote from the article. Ambitious. Ambitious. Yeah. It's, you know, like, and it's tough. Like, I remember I had a conversation with a leader at a company and I don't, I think I was, I don't even think I was advocating for anything. I think I was just doing my job with some confidence. <laughs> I wasn't trying to I love it, Renee. I was just doing my job. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't like pushing any agenda. I was just doing what I was hired to do. And they said to me once, oh, I think this person might find you intimidating. Stop. And I said, can you give me examples of behaviors, tones, instances that I can react to? And silence, crickets. I was like, okay, so because I'm not Mm. completely submissive, I'm now intimidating. I was, I don't know. I didn't even want to go into it where I was like, there's a lot of gendered stuff in this comment. I think there might also be some other elements in this comment (laughs) based on the makeup of the organization. Um, and I'm, I'm just not. This is a very PC way of putting it. You're so good at that, Renee. <laughs> I, I, I was just like, yeah. I, again, I don't think I'm going to be backed by anyone if I say it. So let me just keep my comments to myself. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you gotta. An old boss used to say this all the time, and I still say this to this day, and I love it. Sometimes, in order to win the, like, you got to lose the battle to win the war. Yeah. And it, sometimes, yeah, like you. It's just not worth it to like make things a bigger – not make things a bigger deal. Sometimes it's not worth it with some of these like instances. You're like, okay, I'm going to let that one roll off my back. But then these things sort of like add up over time. And yeah, I've noticed and also picked up in my experiences working in certain environments that the happy-go-lucky – I got you. I'll step up to the plate every single time. Never going to say no. Person is consistently praised, consistently promoted, mm. consistently doing all these other things. And they'll eventually, like, they'll burn out. Maybe they won't burn out at that organization, but eventually the people pleasing is going to get heavy. Yeah. And who suffers? Does the organization suffer? No. No, they hire somebody else. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're replaceable. With, you have to deal with your own stuff. We'll just get someone else in here. <laughs> it's it's you. And it's just – it's frustrating. You know, I, I've seen it with myself and I've seen it with other people I've worked with. And I don't know. Like they just get taken advantage of. Um, and it's hard when you see them breaking. Yeah. Because especially if they're like your colleague and you know just like how good of a heart they have mm-hmm. and how much they've put into this company and they show up and they're like, I can't do this anymore, they just get gaslit. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I can think of so many people that I've worked with see their light diminished because 
of, of it's like a mix between them growing into their career, them growing to themselves, still kind of like exercising this people pleasing muscle. I say that also with kindness because hi, hello, I've been there. Same. And there are still some instances to this day where I put on my people pleasing hat and I'm like, ah, where'd you come from? I thought I donated you to Goodwill. Um, just popped back up in your closet. And yeah, I've seen their light diminish. My own light has been diminished. Um, because at the end of the day, sometimes these companies just like, <laughs> I don't know. Do they give a shit? It's all, yeah. And it's, it's, it's tough too, because yeah, some people want you and again, this I think this goes across many areas of your life, professional and personal. People want you to grow within mm. the boundaries that they are accustomed to seeing you in. They don't um, want to buy a new pot? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're not trying to like repot you or yeah. have you turn into something else. And mm. that can stifle you. I remember at my first job when I put in my two weeks notice and I told my manager and it was shocker. I cried. <laughs> <laughs> but I really loved my manager and she said to me um you know and it was really helpful because it was my my first like big girl job she said you know once this news gets out to the whole organization some people are going to treat you differently some people are going to look at you like you've disappointed them or let them down by making this choice mm -hmm. to leave when really they should be excited that you have found something that feels better for you, where you can bring your skills, your energy, et cetera. And I'm so glad she told me that because she was right. There were people who the minute I said, listen, this isn't going to work for me anymore. And they, they just looked at me like I had left them high and dry when I was like, first of all, like, <laughs> I don't want to get too much into specifics. <laughs> But um, bring the spice, Renee. I just, yeah, it's like, honestly, based on the feedback I had been getting, like yesterday, you told me that I really wasn't doing that much. So why, why mm. are you suddenly surprised, acting like me leaving? And that was a big reason why I left. And I, I told the organization that I said, I'm doing a lot of work that I don't feel like is being seen or valued. Mm. So you really shouldn't have any issue with me leaving since clearly I'm not really making an impact. Um, but... Apparently I was. And she was true. Like what she said was true though. Sometimes people just see you. I think you see it also just in growing up where, oh, I'm used to you being my party friend and now you don't want to get drunk every night anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, why isn't this happening? And it's like, yeah, well, someone is just moving in a different direction. They're growing, they're expanding. And I think professionally too, when we think about piloting and starting something new, people want you to grow in the way that they are comfortable with. And it, it takes a lot. I'm not saying it's mm. easy, but it does take a lot to learn to accept and adapt to keeping a relationship or a dynamic alive, even though it looks a lot different now than it was when it started. Yeah. And you know, you can walk away from something and walking away is not burning a bridge. Yeah. And... So I'm like thinking about I was coming in hot earlier on the on the episode of like standing up for yourself. Is that burning a bridge? Well, then go ahead and burn that bridge. It really is a game of perception, maybe even a game of opinion. And um, yeah, because walking away from something that is wholeheartedly maybe not healthy for you anymore 
Or sometimes things just sort of fizzle out. Like that could also be work-wise, work-wise, relationship-wise, friendship-wise. Like, I mean, you know, I look at my friendships and of course there are a lot of friendships that I, that were so instrumental for my growth during certain periods of my life. And I am not close to those people anymore, but I also have zero hate for them in my heart. Mm -hmm. Like I, and you know, I feel like I didn't burn a bridge there. Now, again, that's an opinion. And I'm curious, you know, for certain people, like, hey, did did I actually burn that bridge? Or did you feel like that bridge was burned? Or is that bridge continually burned? Or is that just scorched enough where we could sort of bring the bricks and kind of rebuild it? You know, like, I, I don't – yeah. So personally, I don't know if I've – I don't know. Again, opinion. Maybe this is not 100% true. I don't believe in burning the bridge entirely. Like I think there are always in my head opportunities where I'm like, okay, the bridge is closed, (laughs) but I don't necessarily want you walking over it. Again, drawing the line Mm -hmm. to come into my life. Like you're okay over there. It's fine. Um, maybe the perception is different and they feel like I've done something and done something and that bridge is burned. Hold on. Maybe, maybe there are some burned bridges. I feel like friendships, friendships to me, I don't think at least where I stand today with the friendships that I had, I've cared about you to a point, right? That I don't think for me – the bridge is ever burned. Like I, even though I'm not close to certain people in my life from before, if you ever come back into it or if we just go through life, never talking, just know that I still have all this love for you in my heart. And I wish you nothing but the best. I haven't had enough of a falling out where I would ever say, I hate this person so much and they could, they couldn't do anything like it couldn't be mended. I guess that's how I feel with friendships. Um romantic I just, you know, those end for a good reason and wish them well. Uh don't necessarily need to be like hoity-toity, like goody-goody with all of my like people I've dated, but just wish them well and hope they find what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Work-wise, I don't know. I actually feel less inclined to remedy some of those relationships. And if their perception is the bridge is burned, okay, (laughs) fine. You know what I mean? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. No, I feel, I feel very similarly to you. I think also, I think some people and people can include like organizations. It doesn't have to just be an individual, but some people need a villain. And as hard as it is, because Mm. I don't want to be the villain in anyone's story. Like I don't, in my mind, I have not gone out of my way to burn any bridges, never intentionally. Mm. Uh, There's like I said, there's some connections I have no interest in rekindling. Um, Or if it was, you know, if I saw you on the street, I'd be happy for you. I wouldn't badmouth you if you can't. You know what I mean? I'm like, I want yeah. you. I want you to thrive. Just maybe not with me in that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to be a part of it. But I hope I wish you well. 
so I haven't gone out of my way to burn any bridges, but there are some people who I think just need need a villain and they need to say, you did this, you did that. And I've probably been that person in my younger life where it's easier to point the finger outwards than look at my pieces. As I get older, I try to really just focus on what did I do or where am I going and mm-hmm. let me not be selfish about it. Like you still have to be aware of your how your actions impact others. Like don't just up and leave someone in the middle of something chaotic, you know, try to have some sensitivity. But I don't know, some people just like to look outwards because it is really uncomfortable to look inwards. And for me, mm. it is, I am not perfect at this. Obviously, sometimes I am still, I catch myself pointing a finger and it's like, okay, well, Renee, let's take a beat. Sometimes things are happening to you and you should acknowledge them, but let's not dwell on that piece. Let's spend more energy on how did I react or how will I react moving forward? Do I need to adjust my approach? Do I need to just adjust mm. where I am? Like focusing on on those pieces. But yeah, it's like it's it's hard because like there is a bit of me who just doesn't want to be misunderstood. And I think that's pretty universal human feeling. You don't want to feel misunderstood. You don't want to feel like someone, I'd rather you be mad at me for something that I can say, yeah, you're right. I do that than to dislike me for something that just feels like it's not a part of my character or who I am. But some people yes. are going to do it. They're going to do it. And it, if that's, that's what like- they need, that whatever. <laughs> Sorry. I have to just mm. learn to live with that. But it's hard. That's a good point. I I do get really frustrated when I feel like the perception of me is so wrong. Um, and I feel the need to have to like jump in and be like, wait, 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 hold on. What are you talking about? But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. Sometimes you just can't control how like people feel about you. Yeah. I um I don't I don't even know if I can find this link. I have to maybe find the source of this, but you mentioned the word villain. And like sometimes you're like you're the villain, sometimes you're not. Mm-hmm. And this was a it may have stemmed from TikTok. TikTok and Instagram Reels, they're the same thing to me these days. And there's just like this audio and I was I was scrolling my phone to find it. And so this is the audio that played on this on this TikTok reel. I often think about the different characters I play in everybody's story. I'm a villain in some, a hero in others, and none of them has anything to do with the person I am. The lens that others view you through is colored by their upbringing, beliefs, and individual experiences. Some people see your bright personality as endearing, and others see it as annoying. Some people think you're weak and emotional, and others feel safe to be themselves around you. Some people think you're rude and selfish, and others respect the way you stand up for yourself. And none of it has anything to do with who you really are. So I've stopped trying to control how others see me because I can't. I have no authority over how other people view me, so I might as well just get on with living my most authentic and joyful life. I love that. You know, and I really love that. Yeah, I was I feel like I was coming in hot with this like burning bridges conversation and now like rereading this. I shared this, oh my gosh, I shared this in September 
to my my team. Like I this is I was like scrolling on Slack trying to find this like poem or audio transcript. And yeah, I don't know. I, I think I I guess at the same time, like I cannot control how other people may perceive my honesty or my my truth. And if if that means that the bridge is burned to them, okay, I have to respect that. Um and just know like, well, I was you might find what I said rude and selfish when I just feel like I was sharing. <laughs> yeah. I think there's actually a quote from that uh, medium post I was mentioning earlier that I kind of yeah. want to end on that really ties back to what we're doing with piloting whenever you are trying to take your life, your your joyful life into your own hands. And it says, burning a bridge at the right time can actually open up new opportunities for you to grow. In mm-hmm. some cases, a strategically burnt bridge is evidence of your commitment to moving forward. Rather than sticking around and waiting for something to happen or wavering endlessly over the decision, you are lighting the match and giving yourself no other option but to forge ahead. So I think like what we've been saying, don't be over, don't be intentionally rude or catty or vindictive in mm, that's a great word don't try to be vindictive in ending things um if you can i think that's just not productive but if you need to close a chapter find a way to do it gently but do it and however it needs to be done because sometimes you're just clearing mm-hmm. space for you to be better and whatever you're leaving behind whether that's a person or an opportunity for them to find another a piece that maybe fits that puzzle better love it i love how they said light a match I, you you were on it from the start that's so funny <laughs> i like that i like yeah let's end on that so this is a great conversation <sighs> i feel lighter already me too and i think yes the the end result of closing a chapter i i, I prefer that sort of imagery closing a chapter than like burning a bridge um, Agreed. But I, you know, I don't believe in never burning a bridge. And you got to do what you need to do to, yeah, live your most authentic life. Got to close the door to open up a new one so that you can pilot whatever passionate project or business idea or whatever that you have. It's part of the pivot. I love that. I love that. Let's end on that. <laughs> um, and yeah, let's transition to our to our gold stars. Uh, Melissa, do you want to go first? Do you have any sure. gold stars? We were just catching up as friends earlier. <laughs> and Renee, uh, she shared something about having an omakase. And I was like, you know what? That I have not had that this week. But I had one of the best. So my gold star goes out to, um, and I'll just share them here. I want to hype them up. There's a restaurant here called Prime Fish, and they have an omakase experience. They have Wait, a restaurant. Pause, pause. Yes. Prime Fish is here where? What city are you in? Oh, sorry. Prime <laughs> Fish is in Charlotte, North Carolina. Thank you, Renee. <laughs> and they have both like a restaurant. You can just come and go. And an avocado experience that's only like six high top tables, 
or not six high top tables, six high top chairs. So there's only six of you. Oh. It's quite pricey, but it is, I don't know. I, I'm sort of like not sad. Well, yeah, I'm a little sad that that's been like the peak <laughs> <laughs> my sushi experience and now I'm just going to be forever chasing that and I just feel like if you've never had if you've never been to an omakase please go mine personally was like 16 courses oh. and I just feel like everyone it's just like you're all there you're all having the same experience you're all eating the same thing the chef is typically in front of you, like, right, like making the meal. Sometimes they're talking to you, telling a story. I mean, they call it an omakase experience for a reason. And everyone, like, once you go, like, you're just going to have a story. Like, everyone just has, like, an omakase experience story. Um, and we've, like, our, my personal story is, like, we were able to make some, we ended up meeting some really great people, having conversations with, like, the chef and um his wife who was working and th- i mean they you know they owned this place um we somehow exchanged numbers and so now yeah and she texted <laughs> me like a couple months ago and i'm like oh my gosh she remembered me i, love and I just in. <laughs> felt i know i was like oh eric we gotta go we gotta go again we gotta support their business um yeah gold star sushi omakase nigiri sashimi wagyu <sighs> beef uni Uni, um, if you don't know what it is, just eat it. <laughs> That's true. Just yeah, just, just eat, it. eat it. Don't let the name put you off. <laughs> it's good. Uh, yeah, I love that gold star. Omakase should always be a gold star. Um, I did also have omakase yesterday. Actually, that's not my gold star. My star for the week goes to Sonda. Oh, let me Sonder. <laughs> I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> So sometimes like I, my pronunciations don't hit uh, American ears, but um, Sonda is like a cross between a hotel and an Airbnb. I would say it's closer to a hotel than an Airbnb. So it is a hospitality like lodging arrangement where you can rent rooms, um, just like overnight, longest stays. Uh, it has the security and the kind of housekeeping staff, the cleanliness, it's not, it has a more standardized experience in the sense that it's not my apartment that I'm renting out. So you do get like certain standards of cleanliness, safety, et cetera. But unlike a hotel, some of the saunas don't have the same amenities. You don't always get the gym, the 24-hour front desk, even though there's 24-hour security, um, spas, like some of those um, amenities aren't there, but it's a nice like more cost effective way to stay in some cities. If like some hotels are too expensive, but you don't want to take the risk of an Airbnb, I think a Sonda is great. I've stayed in several different Sondas across New York City, and they have them in different cities across the world. And it's just always been a pleasant experience. The staff is always really helpful. The rooms are beautifully designed. They're minimal, but very attractive. And they can scale from anything to a small studio to a larger apartment with full kitchen, et cetera, you know, prices scale based on what you're looking for. But I think it's a great option to stay somewhere if you're if you want a hotel, but maybe hotel prices are a little pricey. I think look into a sonda if that's in a city. I, I've always had a great experience. Mm. So Kitchen's a game changer. Yeah. I mean, they, they're built, I think, some some business people, if they're on 
on, you know, like consultants who sometimes have to travel mm-hmm. just for a project basis and don't want to relocate fully, will get some of the larger, nicer sondas and just live there for like a month or two. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, instead of having to figure out rental and leasing in a market that is not mm. really where you live. And yeah, I'm actually in a sonder right now. So <laughs> <laughs> love it. And I love your sonder. <laughs> As I said it, I was like, I'm putting it in the show notes because no one's going to maybe hear what I'm saying phonetically and quite type in the right you are. Some of the feedback that I've been getting, Renee, from this podcast is a lot of it has been about how everyone loves your accent. Oh. Just your, and yeah, I love it too. So oh, I, like, I prefer funny. the way you say it versus the way it's actually phonetically spelled. See, I feel said. like I don't have a strong Jamaican accent. So that is. That's nice. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't. I think it's just like you. I don't know. You just sound. I've always thought this. Just you have like a unique, classy way of saying things. Oh, thank you. I get. I think what I get to my <laughs> face is more of the. I saw cool runnings, and you don't sound like that. And I'm like, okay, oh, got no. it. <laughs> got oh, no, it. no, no, no. <laughs> oh no, no, no. Wow, your English is so good. Were you born here? <laughs> it's like. Yeah, bro. I was born in Raleigh, North Carolina. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa's American. And then um, they're like, but you don't have a Southern accent. And I was like, sure don't. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people in, in Raleigh don't have a thick yeah. Southern accent. Yeah. yeah. We're very mid-Atlantic. Um, what are we manifesting this week? Do you want to go first? Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I'll go first. Okay. Um, I have to Google where I got this from. But saw it somewhere and I have it as like a like a little reminder in like my Notion app. Um, so I see it every day. Oh. And this is how we live our days is how we live our lives. And I needed this reminder this week that, yeah, what you do and what you tell yourself every day and the habits that you create is the life that you're living and not just – waiting for this like big moment or this big thing to happen, like your every day is actually super critical to your life. And so how you live it each day is how you actually are living your life. Um, so be kind to yourself too and what you say to yourself every day. And then also, yeah, use every day as an opportunity to do what you feel is best for your life. I love that. <laughs> I love that. And yours? My manifestation this week is more of an affirmation. And it is, I am an abundant being and money flows easily to me. I'm gearing up to have a fun summer. So I am trying to manifest a budget. I can support that. Basically, this is a prayer. Yeah, this is a a prayer. Please give me more money. (laughs) Yeah, I am. I'm I'm manifesting that. I think you said it last week. Like we're all trying to have a European summer mindset, and I wish that on all of us. Um, So I, I I hope that everyone also has that affirmation that you are an abundant being and money flows easily to you. What is that song? I am rich. I am. That's kidding. <laughs> I think we know what we're talking about. Yeah, I love that. More, more money, more traveling. Thank you very much, please, universe. 
In the name of the Father, <laughs> Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> oh, gosh. Namaste. <laughs> Uh, well, thanks for, again, having a very thoughtful conversation. Um, I'm glad we got to rip the Band-Aid on this one about burning bridges, unpacking a lot. I love um, – I can't wait to read that Medium article that you're going to reference in the show notes. But, well – Glad to do another episode with you, Renee. Me too. Thank you, Melissa. And thank you, um, whoever's listening. Uh, Appreciate you all chiming in. And those of you who've let us know on Instagram or in our email that you are a part of the crew, I'll actually just repeat our um, info. We're on Instagram at pilotingpod, or you can email us at pilotingpod at gmail.com. We just love hearing what you think story ideas, feedback, anything you want more or less of, um, just let us know. Be a part of the community. Yeah, we appreciate you all. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.